I like that. Good call on what's a fandom. Smart, smart change. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it just lets us do way more stuff. Now we don't have to do all of because also we were running out of cartoons. Like we were running out of movies yeah. real quick. Like, <laughs> like you do, uh, you do two hundred and fifty episodes of one thing. Like it's like mm, we're running out of movies. <laughs> Big time, right? Yeah, it's like we can we can start hitting some of the really bad Disney movies if we want to, like Home on the so, Range. Like we could, yeah, the one with Rosie O'Donnell as a cow. It's uh-huh. up there. We could do it, but we didn't. Thank goodness. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Josh, and today I'm joined once again by my very lovely co-host Zach. Hey, what's up? And our wonderful friend, Mr. Adam Lawson. Hey, 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 how you doing? Oh, not bad. Uh, oh, welcome to What's Up Fandom. I guess I should have. I don't know why I started it like that. They know what the show is. Don't you think? Like, if you, if you click on the thing, yeah. it has the name. I, you, you shouldn't have to say the name of your show every time. No. I don't think. <laughs> I just feel like I it's best so. practice. Exactly. It's, and it's, yeah, I guess. but it just As long as you say it at some point during the show. At some point. At the very end, we're like, thanks for listening to What's Up Fan. And be like, oh, there it is. Hey, now I don't want to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> it, only, it only took four and a half hours to get to what they were saying. <laughs> Um, but we've got uh, Adam on again. And Adam, you are a uh, comic book <clears throat> author, creator, uh, awesome guy. And you've got a new Kickstarter for a new graphic novel coming out. That is right. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's called The Kill Journal. And it's launching tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, October 6th, whenever this podcast airs. But it's October 6th on Tuesday. It's on Indiegogo. It's called The Kill Journal. And it's a horror graphic novel. I'll let that happen there, Josh. <clears throat> <laughs> it's a it's a horror graphic novel and it's set in the world of revenants and survivors so essentially what i wanted to do with this graphic novel josh is it's essentially the story after the horror movie ends right after jason has killed everyone and there's a couple people left over who are beyond traumatized by seeing their friends butchered or their family members they're or, those you know, two cops ha- that have to you know go out and like be like oh my gosh how many victims were there they said four but there's <laughs> at least 13 pieces like i don't know like who, who fixes this right yeah those cops these people that it's after the movie has ended right after the trauma the initial impact of the trauma how do these people put their lives back together and in our instance they're the way they decide to put their lives back together is to pick up baseball bats and chainsaws and go hunt down these revenants who took everything from them, right? They, um, they form a club called the Survivors Club. It's led by this half-mad preacher, St. George, whose congregation was butchered, and he believes he's been divinely called to rid the world of these revenants. So these are a broken pack of people, and at its core, it's a story of people out dealing with trauma right, that they don't have answers to, which I think happens for a lot of us in life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether in childhood or adult life, along the way you have trauma that you can't, you don't have solutions for. And, and so their solution they come to is revenge, um, <clears throat> which is a double-edged sword because it actually can't cure you. Um, it just continues uh, the problem. Um, but they are on this hunt of these revenants. And what makes revenants cool is they are... Um, supernatural nature, but um, a face, but they're, but they're still humans in the sense that they're evil spirits that are back from the dead. And sometimes people refer to them as slashers, 
Um, but revenants is a broader term because it can kind of mean also Eastern myths and um, as a broader term than just slashers. And what was cool about these villains is they were crafted by some trauma themselves, right? They might've been bullied at Camp, Camp Crystal Lake, right? And drowned there. And then they come back as this terrifying killer. And, and but because they have this supernatural element to them, they can't be killed in a traditional way. Like you can't just run them over with a car and they're over because they come back, right? Because the spiritual problem hasn't been solved, right? The spirit hasn't been vanquished, just like the body. Um, and so part of this hunting process is discovering this origin of this monster whilst trying to stay alive, right? And trying to prevent innocent people from being butchered. And in that process, um, figure out what was their origin and then develop a custom trap that somehow triggers those initial events for that uh, revenant so you can send them to the grave finally. Um, and so it's a cool tale because there is this detective element. There is obviously the great horror elements of being hunted by uh, these supernatural killers. And, and then it's also dealing with the demons on the inside of these characters who are struggling where you have like <clears throat> uh, Sydney, she lost our point of view character. She lost her daughter to a revenant, but she lost her daughter to a revenant because she was being irresponsible one night and took her young daughter to a party and had to wait in the car because she wanted to meet up with this guy. And then the revenant showed up and it so happened that he hit some people in the parking lot first, including her daughter. Right. So now there is this guilt for what, for what's happened because it, was, it wasn't as clean as I was just a pure victim. You know, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time and, um, and by their own choice. And so I think that that gives their trauma a, a little bit more variation to it. Um, and then it's cool because now you're like, you have this preacher, you know, turned his church into this training camp where they're like figuring out how to like corner a revenant in a long cabin and take it out and build this ritual for it. Um, so it's instead of, you know, the, the horror monster showing up and there's the cheerleader in the shower and she doesn't know what to do. This time the cheerleader has the shotgun under her towel and they've got a friend waiting outside the window with a blowtorch and they're ready. Um, which doesn't mean they always win or come out unscathed. But so that's the, the core of the tale called the kill journal. Um, and I, and like with what's cool about indie comics is you can also make, you know, stories that you can't get someplace else. You can also push the limits on things and you can build, um, you know, characters that are a little bit more, rugged and troubled um and and i so i love that i think that that is at the core of the kill journal and its name comes from this book that saint george our preacher keeps and um it's uh it's almost like an old catholic bible which he's turned into their record of all the of all these revenants and the ways to kill them and their histories and so in the campaign the graphic novel actually comes inside that leather bound Bible, if you will. And so I can show it to you here. Um, so it actually <clears throat> looks like this, right? Ooh. So this is, this is the graphic novel and, and it's kind of this <clears throat> old mix of kind of some old Catholic things without trying to, you know, maybe attack anything Catholic or Christian in that sense, but like this flavor of that world. And it's this leather bound graphic novel. And there's these symbols etched into both the front and back of it that are also hidden in the comic itself. So there's a little bit of fun discovery <clears throat> as you're reading. 
But I wanted that feeling that when you get this harrowing and holy and exciting, you know, comic, when you pulled it out of the box, it felt like that when you touched it. Uh, not just when you started to read the story, but when you just touched this leather bound edition, albeit faux leather, uh, you know, animal friendly, but um, that you felt like you were in it, right? And that as you cracked open the pages, you felt like you were St. George yourself going over there, the, 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 the kill tales that you had kept in your, in your Bible. I, I do like that. Um, it's faux leather because even though this is a graphic novel about you know murdering and everything, got to keep the animals safe. You not well, the, animal murder. Right. Well, the catch of it is, is in in the book they're just all fictional people that get killed, uh, and in and with when it's uh, when you kill an animal for it, they they die in real life, which I'm not necessarily opposed to, but I think it just makes it more appealing for everyone in case somebody does have a concern sure. with that. We just wanted to make it <clears throat> as open as possible. Um, and so you could, you could play uh, it off and just be like, hey, it's human skin. You know. Oh, there you go. That's, that's, what I, that's, 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 that's totally what fine. You'd be like, it's either leather or reprint. It's human skin. <laughs> a little bit of both. So, I mean, like, if you're, if you're opposed to, you know, uh, you know, the animals, it's like, it's a human, though. They probably had it coming. You know, that's true. That's true. I remember when I was doing tabletop, Will Wheaton would always say, listen, if you go into a burning building and you save the animals, you know you're okay. If you go into a burning building and you save a person, you could be saving an asshole. That's so true. just go for the animals because there's a 50-50, the world gets better. It's like, it's like when you play D&D or anything like that and it's like, oh, there's some sort of animal being attacked. It's like, always try and befriend the wolves if you can <laughs> because those wolves, they can be friends later. Like maybe you don't befriend like the the rogue or anything like that he could he could literally be an asshole he could stab you in the back like, <laughs> right. well you're you're asleep and you're like oh yeah he's gonna take watch you're you wake up dead like that's done you wake up it's like, there's just like a thing in you and you're just like oh man you got us yes you you get it you understand um this um uh also the other aspect of this i wanted to give people um something to take home that was unique and that can make them feel also connected in another way. And so um, we, um, we developed another item that I think is also quite cool um, to go along with it. And it's this awesome Revenant mask here. Because mm-hmm. um, I want it, it's movie quality replica. It's this beautiful resin fiberglass combo. And it not only repels viruses, um, but it intimidates victims. And so for this Halloween, you can feel safe going out in this thing because COVID would walk a step away from you and so will your friends. Um, so it's great, for both, it's great for both the mask protection and the social distancing. Exactly. Because everyone is going to stay away. Look at you, Adam. Look at you doing what you thinking. can for the health Just of thinking. America. Love it. So, Josh, you understand me. That was, <laughs> that was the motive. That was it. I said, you know what? It's time to say bye. Um, and so um, we wanted to build a, a, a mask because I just have such a love of masks. And in my show, Escape the Night, I, every season I was like, how do we make some cool masks? How do we make some cool masks? And so um, it's now come into my world of, of comic books. And, um, and, I, and what's cool about it is, is it's, it's the, uh, the Revenant, like the 
arch enemy revenant in this first storyline here in the kill journal this is his mask it's an exact replica of what it is in the comic as well and um <clears throat> and i uh gave one away during the pre-launch um for one of the person who signed up for the pre-launch got given to it it's a really cool guy who actually backs the eighth as well um but um on day one anyone who backs the campaign day one the name gets entered into a drawing and at the end of that night i'm giving one of these away and they're obviously an expensive cool item and so it's another reason to get on in day one um, and then also too it's an item it's a, it's a perk that you can back as well oh yeah i was, I was about to ask that like, is is there a tier mm -hmm. where you could get the mask there is there is there so the graphic novel in the and the leather bound edition is 40 bucks and then to get it with the mask is 200 um, and then we have a digital edition for 20 and like with the eighth, what we're doing is as, cause we're ahead and we believe in our work. So I've paid artists and crossed my fingers and we're, we're working. Um, so that and when the campaign ends, you can get issue one digitally and the next month issue two, just like you are collecting them at a comic book shop or a comiXology or wherever you do your comics. And so you can get right into the story world if you want. Yeah. I, I like this, what you did with the eighth, cause we're on, did we just get the third one recently? The third issue? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got it. Yeah, I, I, I like that you do that because that way you can go ahead and you can read it digitally before you actually get your physical copy, um, yeah. which, which I like. So like, when my physical comes in and my awesome cool t-shirt that I'm excited about, uh, wow. we'll, I'll be able to, you know, have it in the physical and actually be able to flip through the pages because that is one thing. That I, it's kind of why I don't like like the Kindle stuff and like the e-reader comics and everything because I like physical pages. Yeah. Like to me, that's it's just easier. It kind of like keeps you more in the moment than, and like when when I read, like I don't think I read on an iPad or a Kindle in years because it's like I would rather just flip through pages. Get that paper cut if you can get a paper cut. That's how you know that you know your book's good. That's right. I mean, I back that and I agree with you. And I feel like there's, there's, there's a benefits to both, right? Like, I think I'm the guy who like on comiXology will read issue one. And if I like it, then I go, great. I order the trade paperback. Yeah. Right. Cause then, cause there's nothing worse than getting a single floppy. that you're like, oh, I didn't really like that. And then what do you do with that? Do you throw it away? You feel mm -hmm. kind of bad, but then it sits in a box. You're never going to open again until years later. I mean, so give um, those to people. That's what you do. You give those <laughs> to people. Like I had a whole, like when, when we moved out here, like I was, you know, condensing a bunch of my comics and I was like, oh man, I got a lot of these like free comic book day and like maybe three issues of something that I just got tired of. So I was just like, hmm, I have a friend who's a big Marvel guy and he's got a four-year-old now you can have all of this. And so I just gave him <laughs> everything. I was like, have all of this. Read them all. It's all like Spider-Man and garbage that no one reads anyway. <laughs> Hi, Zach. How's it going? Oh they can't goodness. see your face. I know. I they know. can't see the hate. They can, they can hear oh. this, though. <sighs> they'll, they'll be able to hear that episode soon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's – so that's – and, 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 and there – and. There's also like benefit because some people are digital folks that don't like having paper. Great, good, good for you. Um, and there's both ways. Um, but I do like, I think that, you know, and Josh and Wimsack, you can agree with this too. It's like when you're collecting a comic, you know, the, 
the trades you keep, the floppies tend to disappear. Yeah. Um, the, the hardbound editions you really save and they actually make it to your coffee table or a shelf. <laughs> and so, uh, Josh, that look says you're confirming it. Are you confirming it? No, I was wondering. There's something going on outside and I have no idea what it is. No problem. It sounds like a boat, but I don't think it's a boat. It's really weird. It sounds like a pontoon boat. I'm like, it'd be weird. If there's a pontoon boat in Tustin right now, then there's a big problem. Sorry. But no, yeah, like I know I know what you mean with the with the comics and everything because I I love my my hardcovers. Like those are the ones that I keep. Like. I've got some, uh, you know, just regular, you know, trades or whatever, just like chilling back there, just because some of the times they don't turn them into actual novel, like graphic novels anymore. They just keep them because DC didn't think that they did well enough, so not going to release it. Or it's a series from like the 90s that no one really cares about except me, and I'm like, yeah. I have all of yeah. that. <laughs> but you know, it's what's been kind of fun though I've been finding is on Indiegogo, I don't know if you know who Dan Fraga is. He used to draw for Image back in the day. He did this book called Black Flag back in the 90s. And it was his own creation. And the rights have come back now all these years later. And so now on Indiegogo, he's now continuing that story. Oh. Um, and, and so what's kind of fun is that maybe it was that thing in the 90s that there's only a few people who read or I don't even know his numbers exactly, but what's cool now is it's like, now you're getting the extra nostalgia play because now you can get the old issues through his Indiegogo and his new story in that world. Oh, that's So good. it's like, that's awesome. it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to see that, that happening. Yeah. I, uh, I checked out, so I went to your um, pre-launch for the, oh, Indiegogo. Cool. like I went to the website this, 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 this morning and watched the video, the, the, the little trailer video. And mm-hmm. my goodness, so I'm not familiar, you know, with your previous work, but um, go watch his one for man. the eighth too. Like that one was that one's pretty baller. Like I was a little scared, you know. I got I, I apologize. Um, oh hey, here's the thing: you got a dog and children. I have figured out that that pontoon boat is actually a weed eater. Um, oh, there you go. So, um. But, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I was a little bit, a little bit scared, like a little bit like, Oh, this is kind of creepy. And then also just like the, the St. George character, I, I don't, I'm super excited. Um, I, I saw it and I was like, this, this wrote me in, I, I go into things with a healthy amount of skepticism as to whether or not, you know, I'm going to take the time to, to read something or, or watch something. And I, that snippet video, phenomenal job. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, in this game of trying to market your comic book, you got real limited times for people mm-hmm. and you got to get something compelling and it's 30 seconds and, mm-hmm. um, and, to, and enough to hook them because you're building a new IP. You, know, you don't have, I don't have the benefit of DC or Marvel. People are like, oh, I'll sit here for a second. Exactly. Um, and so oh, I'm glad, I'm glad it's working. Yeah, um, it was, it was fantastic. It? Oh, good, good. Because I'm, I'm making it, I'm like, I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I hope other people think what I think. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know. no, I, 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 it fully drew me into the story. So I was super excited oh, to come great. and talk to you about great. it. And uh, definitely did talk to other people about, you know, you got to check this out because it's great. Thank uh, you. Any, any possibility of a crossover between the eighth and uh, Kill Journal? 
You know, it's funny you say that, Josh. Somebody else had asked me that. And I do love that thought of that coming together. Um, and I do like the thought that, um, that maybe a revenant in one tale is something that both story worlds are dealing with. Um, and I would love to do something like that. And I, I think that, you know, our plan is for the Federal Superheroes Club, you know, as a publishing company, we have two more IP that we're going we're gonna to bring out this next year. So we'll have sort of four as our front leader IP before we start sort of now adding new volumes to them, et cetera, et cetera. Because like the Kill Journal that was going to, our current intention is like three volumes to this set. And so, um, and, and so, and I think that my hope is that when that, we hit that threshold there, Josh, that we start doing some crossovers and some connections. And also too, we'll be getting into the board game side of them as well. We're, we're pushed the eighth along in the board game space as well right now. And uh, so that people can play in these worlds as well as read about them. Well, I mean, yeah, just uh, with the kill journal, you could kind of make it like, uh, oh, what's that one where you have, there's the killer and you have to like turn the generators on and escape the killer dead by daylight. Um, mm. It could be like dead by daylight type of board game with the kill journal, but instead of you trying to escape, you're trying to beat the remnant while the remnant is also trying to kill all of your players. See, that's, that's the right vibe. And the Kill Journal really, I think, sets itself up to be a board game so well, right? Um, you have the idea that, and it's also what's cool, is you have different scenarios, different revenants, right? This guy pops out of mirrors and kills people. This guy, and one of our revenants is called Mr. Crispy, and he was lit on fire. And so he's come back from the dead, and he's all bandaged up, and he can burn people. And, it's, and so each campaign in that story world, you know, when you're playing the board game, you know, you get a different mini for each one of these revenants and there's a little bit of a story around them and the gameplay is slightly different as you're hunting each one of these revenants because it's like each one has their own little story. Yeah. And um, that, 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 Josh, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. That's, that's where it's awesome. going. Kind of like, that's uh, where it's going. what's that, what's that? It, it's not Haunting on Hill House game. Oh, yeah, no, the, 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 haunt, the haunt, <clears throat> Haunting on the House on the Hill. Yeah, that, yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, that one where they, you have the different characters and like each different character has their own little stats and everything. And you don't know which one's going to be the murderer or bad guy. That's right. It's cool on the board. Like you play it real time. Like you assemble the board, you draw the tiles and assemble the board. It's a very, very cool game. We did it on tabletop with Will. And um, I love that. Right. I love that. It was such a cool horror game. And I I, I I like that there could be, there could be a game that lasts like, 10 minutes and then there could be one that lasts three hours it just depends on how it's being played which is which is really cool yeah i agree with you um and i think that that is what makes that game special and i think what makes to me a board game special is when you sit down to play it the ride is significantly different each time right it's not close to it it's like boy that ride was so different i didn't expect it was going to be you and we laid the tiles down this way. Um, anyways. I miss board games. Josh, like, I miss them bad. Like I have like I have that one, like the the hill one, like because like I I bought it at Target like back in March, like before everything shut down. Cause I, I there were I, there were trips that I was going to go on and I was like, I'm gonna take this with me and then we could play the board game. It'll be really fun. And I, it's just been sitting. So I have like all these games. I bought that 
Disney villains game because people said it was really fun. So I was like, oh, I got it that. Is. Like, I'll, I'll play these with people. They're just sitting in my little, with all my other games right now. I'm just like, one day, my friends, you'll be able to be one. played. And I just pet them sometimes. Very <laughs> Six sadly. foot long sticks and go to your friend's house and stand outside the front door and you can push... Well, I the 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 two friends that I have here, they don't want to do that. Like no. they like <laughs> Charlie doesn't like board games. Gavin will okay. play board games with me, but a two player is not really fun. It's like sure. let's play Secret Hitler. It's you done. <laughs> it's like, we're done. Like, it's like the game's over. Um, I know. Well, that's why games like role playing games are really working in this pandemic because you don't need to be at the table. You can do them on Zoom, mm. and they're just as fun. Yeah. At least. In my experience, are just as fun as they are around the table. I have a board game that's really are a dud. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but you should get to Villainous because it's really fun. Um, and it's one of the coolest games where each person wins the game a different way. Mm-hmm. So every person at the table has a different objective, has different cards, different mechanics, but they all interconnect. It, it's, I mean, Disney did well on that. I, I don't think they've always done well on board games, but this one, they, it's exceptional. Yeah, that's oh man. Yeah, it, it's one of those like I, I want to play it because like, I I got like this the one and then I got like another thing that had like Jafar in it just because like the figure looked really cool. So I was like, ooh, um, it's like a red cobra thing. It looks dope. Like the yeah. the pieces in that game are really cool looking. Um, but yeah, I mean, with like what you're saying, like RPGs, like D and D and everything like that. Um, we haven't played since April uh, with my group in Oklahoma. And I think we're waiting until November when that new book comes out. So I'm like, I've got the D and D withdrawals. Like yeah. I I'm like, I've just got dice sitting and I'm like, I, I'll roll you one day. Maybe when, <laughs> maybe when November rolls around again and I can play, but it's, it's, it sucks. Cause it doesn't feel like a lot of people are in the mood to do things anymore. Yeah, that's a good way to say it, Josh. They are not uh, not so in the mood to do. Uh, yeah. I get it. Um, but yeah, no, so I have two groups. I want to play this role-playing game called The Sunder. Um, and we have an active group that's like every week is like texting me, hey, are we doing it again this week? That I'm the storyteller on. <clears throat> and then I'm in a D&D group, which meets once a month. And it's been a great way, at least for me, to stay connected to these people. Um, and it's been great. Um, and, and hopefully, and you know, with the Kill Journal, it, you know, I think that it, what I love so much about the, the feeling of this world is I think it really, really works in a board gaming world. It certainly could work in an RPG world as well, too. Um, but it's also the right time of year, right? It's Halloween, it's October, mm-hmm. and this is the time to prepare for something scary, and which is hence why we're launching this month. And it gives us a chance to <clears throat> sort of revel in the fun of horror versus. Uh, maybe some of the <clears throat> real horrors happening in the world. And so um, what I love about comics, right, is that, uh, that there are a chance to just to escape and to enjoy something fun and imaginative. Um, and I think that even though this book, like you're saying, Zach, from it, it's scary, it's gripping, it's intense, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's an enjoyable ride. Yeah. Um, um, and I think that um, also, too, just from a, a visual color standpoint, let me show you guys a few... Um, um, let me show you a few pages so you can get a sense of it here. Um, 
while you're doing that, so the the campaign is going to go from the sixth of October to what the fifth of six seventy six fifth of November, right? Fifth of November. Thirty. Yeah. It's a thirty day campaign. So get in while the getting is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, and also there's another beautiful print, and I'll show it to you. If you back at week one, I had Preston Acevedo and Mike Spicer of Wonder Woman and Extremity mm. and Murder Falcon fame do this amazing um, print that will be going out uh, with people who back week one. It'll just be free. You get it if you back week one. If you don't, you don't, but it's a really cool visual. Um, Yeah. So there's a lot of like incentive to get in on it early and to make the campaign fun, right? And it's like, that's what's fun about, you know, uh, about a Kickstarter campaign or in this case, an Indiegogo campaign is, is that, like there is like there's a fervor about it and that's kind of what makes it fun um so here is that print this awesome print that will go out to all week one backers um so you get it's called rise of the revenants and it's awesome and you can you can enjoy that ride um but i'll show you here a few of these pages um so here's the issue one cover um and then here are, we'll jump through a few of these pages here um, of our world here. As you can see, this is St. George. And He's going to be is... able to put that together. <laughs> It'll just fit right in. It's, ama- be it's, amazing. it's amazing that you said that, Josh, because the line that the detective says right there yep. is, you know that doesn't go back together, right? <laughs> um, He's perfect. I could be that detective. When you get to do it, I want to voice that detective. Done. <laughs> done um and so this is a year later at that same church when he's got his his meetings with these people who've all survived revenant attacks they've all gotten together and he's trying to recruit the ones that are going to be most likely willing to pick up a chainsaw and go after these guys um and not everyone is up for it uh but this girl here this is uh this is sydney she's our point of view character and she's someone who's just the first time showing up to one of these meetings um and she suicide she attempted it it didn't take for her and she found herself here at this meeting looking for answers um and this is a bit of a flashback moment to the night she was attacked Mm. and her revenant and then the meeting itself gets hit by a revenant does that blonde girl have a slash that goes down her spine you got it. That looked cool. I you like little de- I like little details like that. Yes. So she's her name is Marty Tanaka. So she's Japanese, but she's dyed her hair blonde. And um, that's right. You see some of the wounds of surviving. And she is. Uh, <clears throat> her dad was a chemist who used to build bombs in the basement for the right price. She was his lab assistant, and so. She always has a penchant. She has, so she's a chemist um, and she's troubled as can be. And she's always got a bag full of tennis ball grenades uh, when in the pinch. Like most people have a bag right. of tennis ball grenades. As Zach does, he told me. They're very popular in Wyoming. That guy we'll looks cool. That. He looks like an X-Men. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. The guy here with the spikes. Yeah. So this is one of the revenants. <clears throat> um, and 
he attacks this meeting that they're in the middle of and then people run and this is kind of like this deciding moment right some, some people run from this revenant some people get killed by this revenant and a few of them fight back and the ones who fight back are the ones that get recruited by saint okay. george yeah that's awesome it was all a yeah, it looks great. St. George invited him, invited the <laughs> Revenant, and he's like, listen, we're trying to recruit to kill you guys later, but... Uh, <laughs> Could you give me a hand right now? I need your help. Yeah. Maybe so, this one, this could there... This could there po- oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, Josh, go I, I was just wondering, could there possibly be good Revenants? Is that uh, a possibility, or is it all one of those, like, they're all, like, Hellspawn type well, of... here's the thing. I think the thing about it with the revenants, what makes them kind of double-edged, right, is that some of them might be more sympathetic than others, right? One of them they'll encounter, his name is, her name is Mary Worth, and she had a child with a guy in high school, and he shunned her, and people in town, the baby disappeared, and people in town believed she'd killed the baby, and they came after her. They chased her to this hotel, and she hung herself. Um, she did not kill the baby. She gave it away to her aunt, right? Um, but now she haunts this like rundown apartment complex, you know, Arsenal Motel, and um, she jumps out of the mirrors and kills people. So she's definitely a victim of circumstance, right? And but she's now her response to that is too much, right? So, but she's a bit more of a painful character because when Sydney meets her, she also lost her daughter, and so there's this moment where they have to go and find the actual the aunt and find the actual daughter and bring the daughter back and that's how they can they can kill this revenant right but there's this nice moment where the revenant sees her real daughter right and sydney's there you know was supposed to kill this revenant but she has to get paused because she knows what it's like to lose a daughter and um you know she has to go through with it but um what I like about this is that the Revenants aren't still, they're definitely the bad guys in the story or the bad girls in the story, but they're a little bit more complicated than that, right? And I think with lots of villains, they've been wrong in a way you can sympathize with, but their reaction is just too extreme that you can't justify. Sure. Right? Gotcha. So that's what I think, that's what makes them so maybe good maybe not exactly clearly that but um sympathetic for sure and maybe sometimes you're not too bad at some of the people they get rid of um sometimes you're <laughs> you're okay with a few of the people they get rid of uh, along the way so who's this uh, who's red hood over here so this is finch uh so finch grew up on in Juarez on a mexican border town and um <clears throat> he his dad ran dog fighting pits and one day a dog didn't show so he threw Finch in the ring and Finch killed this, this pit bull. And then after that, his dad kept him with the dogs, trained him like a dog. Um, <clears throat> and then Mr. Crispy showed up and burned down uh, one of these dog, uh, dog fighting arenas and everyone in it because they had, they, had they had attached fireworks to him and burned him and he's come back as a revenant. And <clears throat> Finch makes it out. So he is... You know, he's kind of in many ways acts like the, the dog in the group, right? Uh, but his weakness is that he's worried he could come back as a revenant himself, right? He has, unfortunately, all the markings of it. And so, like, he even steals one of the revenant's masks and buries it in the backyard and visits it from time to time. And 
you know, he is on that line of, you know, uh, you know, between uh, the survivor and a revenant, he's on that very scary border of maybe mm. tipping over. Gotcha. That sounds super fun. Like I'm, I'm ready to back this thing. Cause, mm-hmm. I mean, like I like the eight, the eight looked really cool. And you, that episode where you came on and, you know, explained what the whole entire series was about. It was like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and, gonna go ahead and get the same with this because i mean like i am a awesome when it comes to horror because i can't do i'm waiting for my my friend uh carl is coming from oklahoma he'll be here tomorrow um just for a visit um and i'm waiting to watch uh the turning with him so i can watch it with a a a grown-up basically because i'm a wuss (laughs) and like i'm like oh i want to watch this movie it seemed i like i remember we watched a uh turn of the screw like the black and white one when I was in high school, I think it was in like a freshman, we watched it in class. So I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So I want to do that again, but yeah, I'm a wuss. That's scary. Right. Yeah. And, and I, well, this, I hopefully you do enjoy it. Um, and one thing we've also done with this book is I wanted to um, expand the origin of our survivors without having to have, an origin story for four different people. And I sometimes get bugged by those uh, comic books pretty like, and we're in origin stories forever. Hence the uh, Harley Quinn movie, just in origin stories. Um, <clears throat> but I like, so oh, what our stretch goals, or at least our first stretch goal is it's, it's, these, it's a dossier story. It's like uh, St. George's little dossier on how each of the survivors came to be mm-hmm. in the club. And so it's the night they were attacked by a revenant. So we're hoping to unlock these little stories that are in the back. And this is one of the first ones um, here about Finch. And they're done by a different artist than the main book, which is done by Jason Krager from the Darkness fame. Um, But the different artist, different colorist, and a different writer. And so we're hoping to unlock multiple of these stories. Uh, But you can kind of then get to see that history right there of, you know, of here's, you know, Finch is his name, you know, here in the, the dog fighting pit and, uh, you know, his journey, you know, in his upbringing. And so, although it's spoken of in the main graphic novel and you get a couple panels about it, this takes you into the full story so you can get a feel uh, for what it is. Nice. And then here's the infamous Mr. Crispy. Mr. Crispy is a great name, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It goes to Brian Christgau. He was the, the guy who wrote this little short story. He and I were talking about him and we talked about what the guy should be. And then he's like, I think I'll call him Mr. Crispy. And I said, that is perfect. Right. You get proud of the back for that. Nice. So we, we've, we've got the, uh, the, the is Indiegogo, correct? Not a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, it's Indiegogo. I know I do board games on Kickstarter and comics on Indiegogo. It's kind of how our company does it to keep it kind of the line kind of clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So it's on Indiegogo. Yes. So we've got the Indiegogo, and we'll put that in the show notes uh, so everybody can go in and find that. Uh, The um, campaign starts today, so you click on the show notes. You'll be able to find everything. Go straight there. Uh, Watch the cool video at the beginning, and then donate because once you see it, you're going to. So just. 
it's a budget. You got 30 days to do it. It's Halloween. Um, do we know when we'll start getting the first, uh, like the first digitals? Yeah. So the first digital usually happens. It takes about three weeks after the campaign ends for the funds to come in with Indiegogo. Mm -hmm. So we wait till then just in case there's any problems along the way with folks. And then, so such as like, imagine three weeks after the campaign ends is when so it all just in time down. for Thanksgiving. Perfect. You can give thanks for your scary comics. There you go. You get it. Uh, Adam, where can everybody find you uh, social media wise? You can find me at failed superhero on Twitter at failed superheroes club on Instagram and Facebook. Nice. And uh, like I said, with the, with the campaign, we'll put all of those in the show notes so you can find Adam there. Uh, Zach, what about you? You can find me at the Zach Mamba two four on Twitter. Can you not? Can uh, you not get to? Can Can you not just change it back to just Zach Mamba? Uh, no, it's taken and it's inactive and it drives me insane. Isn't that the worst? I hate it. It makes me so sick. But if I have to add a number afterwards, then I'll just use his jersey. Eight. No. Eight. I think eight might have been taken too. Oh, that's fair. But I like twenty four better. <laughs> I took. <laughs> I like 24 better. Uh, and uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at What's Up Fandom, on Twitter at What's Up Fandom PC. All of our episodes are available iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, and on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. Um, Adam, again, thanks so much for coming on, man. No, are you kidding, Josh? Thanks for having me back on. It was cool. I, I reached out and I didn't know. I was like, oh, hopefully you liked me. My episode I sucks, liked you so enough. I liked you enough. enough. Just enough. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> I'll and take it. it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you back on. We'll have a longer episode next time. Okay. Dude, I much appreciate it. In fact, it's great to meet yeah, you. Great to meet um, you. And, yeah, it's good to see the What's Up fandom universe expanding, Josh, as you deserve. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so uh, for What's Up fandom, I'm Josh. I'm Zach. And I'm Adam. Bye, everybody.